Hello. <laughs> we are in the freshly smudged podcast dungeon. Yes, we are. For stuff and things and reasons. Yes. That are top secret. Um, <laughs> I didn't even know about them coming into today. <laughs> no. But Marjorie, let us know if Clayton sounds any different. Yes, please do. Audio files. You are listening to Oddity Files, the, the podcast. podcast, and we are a paranormal podcast that talks about creepy shit we find on the internet, sometimes creepy shit you send to us, and yeah, that's what we do. I'm Clayton Abbott. And I'm Kitsy Duncan, and we appreciate the shit out of y'all listening right now. We do. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's a early 1.30 p.m., not a morning show, not an evening show, just, you know, a little daytime television. A little, you know, afternoon creepiness for y'all. Afternoon delight, if right. you will. Whole new meaning to that. Um, so what's new with you, Clayton? Not too much. I just got back from Trinidad. I went down there um, to help one of our friends. Yes. And um, yeah, it was really cool. It was not at all what I was expecting. So you flew into the Amazon fires. <laughs> Not quite, but well, that's you know, how I closer saw it. than we are here. <laughs> um, basically, like the the Caribbean islands, someone explained it to me. They're like in the shape of a question mark, okay. And then there's literally like a dot, like a question mark, and then it's South America, and Trinidad is literally like the dot of the question mark. Okay, so you weren't actually on in the South America, of right? South America, okay. Um, continent because that's a word. But yeah, so I learned a lot about Trinidad and Tobago, the country. Ooh. So Trinidad and Tobago are two separate islands that form one country. Tobago's much, much smaller, and that's like the resort, beachy, like vacation spot. Okay. Whereas Trinidad is like the city port. It's like a big, like a hub for oh. like a ship port. Industrial, if you will. Not safe. Oh. Come to find out. Okay. So a lot of times if... I'm going somewhere for a long period of time. I will just like go to a grocery store and get some stuff like breakfast or whatever. And so it was like 630 the first day that I was there. And there was a grocery store less than a mile. It was like a half mile away. I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, so easy. I'll just walk there. And so I went to the front desk and I was like, hey, what's like the quickest way just to get there? And she was like, just just take a taxi and have them wait for you. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. Like it's so close. I'll just walk. And she was like, um... If you're going to walk, I would wait till morning. Oh. And I was like, it's not even dark. Like, it's oh, not wow. even dark. And so I was like, uh, I didn't ask any questions. But I was just like, okay, um, that's fine. So then I just ate dinner at the the hotel restaurant and then did some Googling. And it was like bad. So you stayed sexy and didn't get murdered. Literally any free time I just stayed in the hotel room because I was like, um, not trying to die. Well, I watched your Instagram stories, and the view was to die for, so At there the, are worse yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I that was all just from the hotel. And then the hotel actually had like a decent like pool. Oh, nice. And so one day that I basically had free, I just did like real job work sitting down there. Oh, so, nice. I mean, life absolutely could have been worse. Yeah, for sure. But, um, yeah, I was like, um, okay, thanks. So did you end up going what? to the grocery store? No, absolutely okay, not. Okay, thank you. Never. God. Thank God. The only I never left like the hotel grounds not in a, a car. It's like thanks. I'll pay eight dollars for a bottle of water in the sundry Absolutely. shop. <laughs> yeah, and not die. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, um, I had a realization last night during yoga that I thought okay. was very interesting. Okay. So Chris had to skip yoga because he had day job stuff to sure. do. And I'm sitting there, and I'm about to go into Savasana. For those of you that don't know, it's called Corpse Pose, which is my favorite because you just lay there like you're dead and chill out. And I heard Chris walking in my bedroom. And it came to the realization that I used to hear that happen in my bedroom all the time, at all points of the day when nobody was in my bedroom. Really? Back when Anna used to be here. Okay. I have not heard that for the longest time. And she got the boot. I, I, approximately. I'm not yeah. absolutely sure. But it made me realize my house was fucking actually haunted. 
it was something fun to talk about. Oh, yeah, I brought a ghost home with me, blah, 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 blah. And I never really let it sink in until that moment last night. I was like, holy shit. No, I really brought something home with me. I, to- I literally used to tell you that. That, like, I, I, know. I don't know if, <laughs> like, how, like, what this is or how, like, welcoming we should be. Right. But um, I grew up in a house that was haunted, and right. it was the joke. It was my mom was like, something would go missing. Oh, the ghost took it. It'll be back. I mean, that's just how I've always, I was taught to deal with these things. So, right. yeah, I joke about it. I tweet about it, this, that, and the other. But it was fucking real. Absolutely. And it hit me last night. It is crazy. I mean, and there have been times that at your house, like if I would have to come like grab something and no one is home, I just back then, yeah. I just always felt like like I shouldn't be here. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. Like I was doing something wrong and that like someone was watching me do it yeah. almost. Yeah. And I never knew why. It was like I was coming to get like one of the cameras, <laughs> you know, right. like yeah. just something very normal that we do all the time Mm -hmm. but there was a period of time that i just like always felt watched yeah and it it did like fall in line with around that time yeah did you ever feel uneasily watched or just that you were just being watched i mean i guess uneasily watched is would fit it better you know what i mean that's might be why i felt like i shouldn't be there yeah it wasn't like someone was just watching me it was like what are you doing? Right. And the reason we I asked Anna to leave was because I felt like she was the gateway for other things to come in. I don't right. feel like she was the one causing you to feel uneasy. I don't think so. But I feel like since she's been gone, it's been pretty quiet around here. Yeah, until I agree. recently. Yeah. We actually are <laughs> recording this entire episode with some sage and sweetgrass still smoldering. Smoldering in the background. For some reason, it just won't go out. Like No. Will not go out. So yeah. we're not going to fight it. We're going to no. let it run its course. We have a window open. So if you hear some cicadas. <laughs> some ambient outdoor sound. Just, you know, it's a just, mood yes. this week. Exactly. <laughs> and we're going with it. If you um, don't like it, leave us a review. Less cicadas. Yeah. So that that was my realization last night, which I, I found interesting that I never really took it serious. Right. And and I thought I had because, you know, when when – You'll see in season no, actually it'll be a deleted scene for season three when we actually were like Anna. You gotta go. Gotta go. Yep. Um, but yeah. So I do have some paranormal in the news, but I also have some really Ooh. fun topics to touch on. What do you want to do? Um, let's go with topics. Let's change it up. So I found something I didn't realize I was missing in my life on Facebook. Oh gosh. It's called Sax Squatch. Okay. It's, a, it's, I mean, obviously somebody dressed up as Sasquatch playing the saxophone. I did see you share that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fucking brilliant. It's and hilarious. I had no idea I needed it in my life. So it badly. is hilarious. I saw you share that. And I was like, that is the most perfect thing she's ever seen. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, yeah. So look him up on Facebook. It's S-A-X-Q-U-A-T-C-H. So Sex Squatch. And it's there's photos and videos of him just playing soothing saxophone, sexy sounds. Um, at first, I was like, "Oh, he's serenading me," and I'm like, "No, that's just creepy because it's really a guy dressed up as Sasquatch." Right. That is hilarious, though. <clears throat> so, also, I wanted to touch on the Area 51 stuff that's yes, nowhere to be found. Nowhere, anymore. shocker. Um, just in case you forgot, it's September 20th. <laughs> But I guess apparently why it disappeared so quickly is Facebook took the event down. No way. Yes. I found an article on CNET and I'm pulling it up now. No says, way. Area 51 array, raid event to see them aliens removed by Facebook. So the dude who I'm not even going to find his name because right. stuff and things said that he never got any reason behind the event being removed. I created a sister event, which amounts to about 15,000 people before that being taken down what? for no reason. He's like, it was stupid for them to take it down because the whole, pretty much all it was towards the end was do not do this people. Yeah. This was a joke. Yes. So now it's just kind of, Floating around as memes and whatnot, and are are people even going to go? I don't know. I wonder if 
it was something along the lines of like the government got a hold of Facebook, literally. And <laughs> said, um, dude, this take has got to go. Yeah. But it's still, I, I mean, maybe, I mean, obviously our society is out of sight, out of mind. Mm-hmm. 110%. Yep. So maybe they're just hoping it'll go away. But I found it interesting because I am I was like, okay, I know it said September, so I wanted to look up the date. And then I came across this article. I'm like, oh, shit, that explains why it's just gone. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, the creator said, I think it's pretty reckless of Facebook, especially because I'm trying to direct people away from storming the base. Um, and now I've lost my entire audience. The creator still expects about 20,000 people to attend. It's now called a festival. Oh, that's fitting. Yeah. The Area 1 Festival. festival. Where people get shot. Yikes. I don't know. But, uh, yeah. So, are you planning on storming Area 51? I mean, the Area 51 Festival? Are you planning on attending? Do you have your wristband yet? Yes. Does it have a QR code you can scan right. on your way in? Uh, let us know, oddityfilescrew at Gmail. But I, I was disappointed that it That's crazy. Just went away. I can't believe that they would just. Actually, I can't believe that they would just take it down. I, yeah, I can too. But it, it got so big to where they right. had to take it down. Uh, speaking of oddityfilescrew at gmail.com, if you guys have any stories, whether you had an experience, like a an actual experience with. The whole plan of going there. Did you buy a flight or anything like that? Yeah. Have you seen a real Bigfoot playing the saxophone? Have you seen a ghost? Have you recently found a reason to cleanse your house or your aura and your surroundings? Let us know. Were you abducted by aliens? We really do want to know all of that. Oddifilescrew at gmail.com. And if they're... If we think that we're sharing or, you know, if it's a good story, we will absolutely share it. Make sure one thing that we've kind of been like having our own discretion about... Whether or not you want us to say your name. Yes. Because it's really easy. Like Emily sent in the story, but then sometimes we'll, Emily will be like, oh, I didn't want you to say my name. So just make sure if you don't, if you want to remain anonymous, we don't care at all. No. Just put it somewhere in there and we will not share your name. I recently did a call out on all the socials. I want to hear urban legends. I want to hear the urban legends you yeah. guys grew up with, whether it happened to you or not. I want the creepiest fucking urban legends yeah. you guys can send in at Oddity Files Crew at gmail also i spoke briefly about season three coming to amazon prime but we have two seasons up already yes do you have an amazon prime membership look us up just search for oddity files and we'll come up we have two like i said two seasons up now we're working on season three even if you don't have amazon prime episodes are like 50 cents each so if you want to check us out see what we do what's your favorite episode that's up now clayton um, I don't know. For some reason, I just love that Higgins Ward episode. I do too. But I think it's because like of our ex- my experience there yeah. that I like it so much. Yeah. Because I just loved that investigation. Yeah, it was it was neat. I I'm still a sucker for Culbertson and Anna. I'm not gonna lie. It was just that was just we had some evidence come across that had never happened to us before. True, Culbertson was one of those that going in was like oh this is so cool to be going here but then it was like whoa it's really whoa, what's happening like <laughs> slow down <laughs> slow down i think it opened it up to us actually that was the first place we used the wonder box too i think that might be why i'm partial to it was it yeah no yeah no trans no not trans um that Asylum in Winchester was the first place. Uh, freezing cold. Yes. Freezing, freezing cold. cold. I did watch Hocus Pocus. No way. Yes, it was good. I really enjoyed it. It's fun. And Marjorie, our friend, was all like, how have you not seen this? So 1993 yeah. when it came out, yeah. I was trying to get out of an abusive relationship <laughs> with a one-year-old. Going through it. shit was going down. Yeah. So, And then after that, you know, life and stuff. And 20 years later, going I finally it. watched it. But it was really fun. I enjoyed it. It is a lot of fun. And did you like kind of recognize any spots around Salem? Uh, just from the pictures you and Trevor took when you okay, were yeah, there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, it's just so funny. I love the three witches. Just they're just funny. Like they really, really are just funny. Yeah, 
Bat Midler is just fucking Bat Midler. I know. Oh my god. Well, Hashtag goals. What's her name? The uh, the one on the vacuum. Oh, uh, Najimi. Yes, she'll actually be in Cincinnati in a few weeks. Oh my goodness, at, that's exciting. Comic Expo. Yeah. Oh, very good. And Sarah Jessica Parker was just I mean, so yeah. adorable, hilarious. And it's funny because all I really knew Sarah Jessica Parker from was you know Sex in the City. Right. And um, Square Pegs, which was a very short run TV show in the 80s. And I always thought of her as just kind of, I'm sure she doesn't listen, but kind of dumpy. Right. Um, but she was fucking gorgeous. In Hilarious. This. Yeah. And so good. It was amazing. Well, and then um, Doug Jones plays the zombie. No. Yeah. I had a familiar vibe from the zombie, but I had no idea. Yeah. Oh my God, that's I mean, great. But at the same time, like, not surprised because he's done. Every one of those characters that you're like, oh, that was Susan? Like, yeah. More times than not, it's Doug Jones. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Um, And now, next on my list that I've never seen, and don't yell at me, everybody who yelled at me for not watching Hocus Pocus so far as I need to see Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, yes. Because I've never seen that as well. But yes, call me out on Twitter and the stuff. I don't care. I will watch it. So one of my friends from from Indy, we've done a couple shows together. I so he shared the the Star Wars trailer, the newest one mm-hmm. that they posted for the D twenty three Expo, which I didn't and, know existed. Yeah, um, <laughs> and so if you haven't seen the trailer yet, too late. So I commented <laughs> and I said, "Jaw on the floor in that final shot of Ray," and he said, "Could she be dot 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 possessed? This may be a case for oddity files." <laughs> yes, yeah. And I was like, "We need to investigate this." Totally, <laughs> totally. Step. Sage is still burning. Right. I'm a little terrified. Um, Literally, like going strong. Like, yeah. I, th- I just think sweetgrass burns different than sage. I'm just going to let it go. Just let it go. Just let it go. Um, one more thing we haven't touched on, which I've been meaning to talk about with you for the longest time, is this guy in Virginia who was dropping TV sets off on people's front doors. Hilarious. It's Absolutely. not paranormal. Like, no, in just any weird. Way. It's just so weird. Is it art? Did they ever figure that out? But they're also like they're old TVs, like big boxy TVs, like old school rabbit ear TVs. Yes, and people's ring doorbells caught him just taking it up and dropping it. What didn't he dance at the end of dropping one off or something? I don't know. It was magical. I mean, he's got he's got something going. (laughs) Yeah. Who is this guy? Who knows who this guy is? I want to know more. I want answers. So, yeah, I, I I kind of view it as it was like somebody's college art thesis, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe he's just weird and bored and wanting to go viral. Did anybody plug them in and see if like there's no. a saw message that plays? Wouldn't have done that. <laughs> I would have left it where it was. Would you like to play a game? I, I don't even remember what the guy says <laughs> from Saw. <laughs> but we actually have all the live podcasts coming up. October 4th, we will be at the Greenwood Library at 630. And that one is going to be all sorts of fun because it's yes. like themed. and it's, it's like after hours at the Greenwood Library. Yeah. So... That's going to be a lot of fun. Yes. And I'm already trying to think like what I want to do for that story. Well, it kind of threw me off this Indiana Comic-Con one because this one I was planning on doing at the library uh, because I try to keep it right, local, right, right. at least something to do with the vicinity. Yeah. So, And then the Sunday after the Greenwood Library yep. will be at Scarlet Lane Brewery on the south side. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, at 6 p.m. is when seating opens, so you can grab some brews and wait for some booze. B-O-O-S-C. Look how We're going to be lit for that one. Fucking I am. And then afterwards, they're gonna uh, we'll be able to mingle and yeah. just kind of talk to you guys for an hour. Maybe we can so. bring a couple things like to sign yeah. if you want. <laughs> or let's just do selfies. So I always think back to PopCon when we put out like all these handouts and we're like putting them on the tables because people kept taking them. And we were like, oh my God. I mean, we're just going to keep putting them out. These like, things are like being picked up like hotcakes. Literally. And so our podcast was done. We were sitting down because Kitsy helped with Kind of Nerdy Girls afterwards. Yeah. And all of a sudden we looked over 
literally janitors were going around taking them all off the tables and throwing them away. Throwing them So we away. probably threw away like 200 of those. At least. Because we're like, oh my gosh, like the people let's are just loving put out these. some more. <laughs> and so now every time I think about that, I'm like, but let's make sure janitors don't take them. Yeah. Like a Galaxy oh. Con. James specifically handed them. Oh, DJ Jimmy, if you don't know, specifically handed them to people in the seats. And hopefully we're going to have some new announcements of other live podcasts. But keep an eye on oddityfiles.com. We've got a page called Upcoming Events, and I've been kind of trying to keep on top of that. Also, all the socials. So Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Oddity Files on everything. On Facebook, we do have like a cool little secret group, just like closed group that we pre-release some like clips and BTS stuff. It's a lot of fun. And we also... It's just like a community now where people find weird, cryptid, otherworldly stuff online. They post on there and then like we all just talk about it. Yes. Um, And we don't decline anyone. So like if you want to join, just request to join and we will, I promise we'll let you in. Uh, But if you're a fucking spammer, I'll fucking block you. Right. We'll kick you right back out. (laughs) But yeah, all the socials. Yeah. uh, We love just communicating and interacting with you guys. It has been like half the fun. Fan art is personally one of my favorite things oh my because God. it's just I never, ever thought I would be involved in anything that would like have, have fan art. Did you see Ursula's latest with yes. the Twilight Zone? Oh, yes. my God. I love Hilarious. it. And, and then, then Paul, The Sims. Yes. Yep. He finally had a, made a Carter, Carter Sim. It was so cool. Um, so, you know, if you love fan art, send it our way. Another thing we did recently, we actually went to an undisclosed location. And we yes. shot our opener for season three. We're going to have a new opener for season three. So excited. I've started working on it and I'm already like, ugh. I can't wait to see it. I know. I really, 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 really can't. But I think we need to tell stories. We do. because we're. <laughs> I just looked at the time. I was like, oh. Okay. DJ Jimmy's going to kill us. So you might not be able to tell because DJ Jimmy's good at what he does. But we had to take a little cut there because you know how we mentioned that we had the sage and sweetgrass like smoldering? It literally just ignited. So I had to pee. Because I have the bladder of an 85-year-old woman. The minute I left the room, I guess... I look over and I was like, oh, it's on fire. So apparently Clint needed to be extra cleansed. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I'm really excited about my story this week. One, because it has to do with UFOs. Two, I've gotten really into this new thing where I listen to like air traffic control frequencies. Ooh. And because like they're all on... YouTube, like you can just listen no to them idea. from like not crash landings, but like if there's a malfunction and something happens and they have to like circle back around. I don't know why I'm just like so intrigued by them. Well, your dad's a pilot, right? True. Yeah. Um, and so this one like combines both worlds, and I was like, I literally have to do this. Okay. So Yay! I'm so excited because he had texted me this morning. I know, I I'm like, so excited about today's story. So the story begins in Australia about 7 p.m. shortly after sunset. On October 21st, 1978, a young man named Frederick Valentich, V-A-L-E-N-T-I-C-H, Valentich, sure. Works. who had just left Victoria's Moribin Airport at 619, so like less than an hour in the air. He was pl- piloting a light aircraft. He, he had rented a single-engine Cessna 182, which is like one of the small planes, the wings above it, okay. um, just like, you know, super small plane. And he was over the Bass Strait. Heading southeast towards King Island. Not when King's he, Island. Correct. <laughs> Not going to a theme park. When he thought he saw another aircraft pass over him. Okay. So he radioed the, the Melbourne Air Flight Service and he spoke with the controller. And here's what they exchanged. So Valentich says, are there any known, is there any known traffic below 5,000 feet? They say, no known traffic. He says, I am, stops. It seems to be a large aircraft below 5,000 feet. Tower says, what type of aircraft is it? I cannot confirm. It is, it is, pause, four bright. It seems like landing lights. The aircraft just passed over me at least 1,000 feet above. Roger. And it's a large aircraft. Confirm. Valentich, unknown due to the speed it's traveling. Oh, is shit. there any air force in the vicinity? No known aircraft in the vicinity. Valentich, it's approaching right now from due east towards me. There was a two-second silence. It seems to me that he's playing sort of game. He's flying over me two or three times at a time and then speeds away. And the radar doesn't pick this up? Mm -mm. Roger, what is your actual level? 
Dantich. My level's four and a half thousand four five zero zero. And confirm you cannot identify the aircraft. Affirmative. Roger, stand by. It's not an actual aircraft, is it? Can you describe the aircraft? It's flying past. It's a long shape. Identifies at a high speed. It is right before me. Oh, shit. And how large is the object? It seems like it's stationary. What what I'm doing right now is orbiting. And the thing is just orbiting on top of me also. What does he mean by orbiting? Okay. I don't know. It's got a green light and sort of metallic. It, it's all shiny on the outside. There's a five-second pause, and he said, it just vanished. What? what? What type of aircraft is this? Is it military? Tower says, confirm, the aircraft just vanished. Valentich says, say again. Tower says, is the aircraft still with you? Valentich says, it's now approaching from the southwest. <gasps> the engine, my engine is now rough idling. <gasps> I've got it set at 20, uh, 23, 24, and the thing is coughing. Oh, Tower shit. says, what are your intentions? says, my intention are to go ahead to King Island. Melbourne Stranger Aircraft is hovering right on top of me again. It is hovering. It's not an aircraft. There's a 17-second, like, static something, and that's when the transcript ends. No. Yes. So some versions of that transcript failed to match, like, the exact one. Okay. So when it says, it's right before me now, um, some people and some sources said, it's coming for me right now, but in the actual audio it says, it's right before me now. Okay. So people, like, obviously I paraphrase because it's right before me now. It doesn't really make sense, but, like, that's what was it. Okay. So the communication ends around 7.12 p.m. Although, so an intensive air, land, and sea search was carried out until October 25th with absolutely no trace of the Cessna found. An oil slick discovered on the 22nd, about 18 miles north of King Island, was established to not have any connection with his plane. Okay. So the Bureau of Air Safety Investigation released its findings on May of 1982, stating that the reason for the disappearance of the aircraft has not yet been determined and that the outcome was presumed fatal. <gasps> so is it an alien attack or like abduction? A uh, hundred million percent. Yeah. What's happening? So none ex- like seem to explain the both the lights and the disappearance. So we need to look more into Mr. Valentich himself. Okay. So he was 20 years old. He was <gasps> fairly inexperienced. Yeah. He only had 150 hours flying time and had a class four instrument rating, which a class four instrument rating. So you're allowed to fly at night, but only when like the weather's clear, like okay. so you can see. Um, but he's allowed to fly at night. He had been rejected twice from the Royal Australian Air Force due to inadequate education, having obtained a private pilot's license in 77 he was studying part-time for a commercial pilot's license. Okay. So, unfortunately, he had failed all five of his exams. Not oh. once, but twice. Oh. And just the month before, again, failed three subjects. Further, this involved um, this involvement in fl- the three flying incidents came to the attention of officials. So, once he had the warning of having, like, strayed into restricted airspace. And twice, he was cited for deliberately flying blindly into a cloud. And again, he's not allowed to fly, fly into weather because he doesn't have that rating. Right, right. So just like, stop. He's a troublemaker. Just like an accident waiting to happen. Yeah. So the young pilot was also highly intrigued with UFOs. Oh. Watching films, accu- accumulating articles on the topic. Earlier that year, his father said that Valentich himself had observed a UFO moving, um, moving away very fast. He had expressed to his father his worried that something might happen like one time that he was flying. Okay. So is it odd that one time he's flying, he now sees a, a UFO, if you will. So <sighs> it led a lot of people to believe that he staged his disappearance, but the evidence does not support that necessarily. Okay. However, Valentich did give two contradictory reasons for his flight to King Island. So like you have to have a flight plan. You can't just like get in a, it's not like getting in a car and going somewhere. Like you have to create a flight plan. Like, State your intentions, where you're landing, right. all that stuff. So one said that he was going to pick up some friends, as he told flight officials. Another reason he said that he was going to King Island to pick up crayfish. Okay. However, both reasons were found to be not true. Yes. So Valentich had not even followed the correct procedures to inform the King Island airport that he intended on landing there. So Sketchy. What's he really up to? Mm. 
In addition to wanting to log more hours of flying experience, that was my first thought. I was like, okay, he only has 150 hours. He's really just trying to build his hours. Okay. Or was he just hunt, literally hunting for UFOs? That's what I'm leaning towards. But rather than admit that, offered others like a more legitimate reasons, like picking a, picking fish. a friend yeah. or fish. So it's it all gets Did very... Did you say picking up prints? Fish. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, It all just starts to get very weird once they like really dove into it. So having clear skies, he described the four lights that he had seen. And he thought that they looked like landing lights. They were above him and except for his own movements seemed to just be hovering. Then twice, and quite correctly, he said it was definitely not an aircraft. Okay. Yeah. So, as it happens, a computer search of the sky from the day, the time, and ex- his exact location reveals that there were four bright points in the sky, almost certainly directly above him. Oh. Venus would have been its brightest that it was all year. Mars, okay. Mercury, and the bright star of Ant- Antares. The four were represent like shaped in a diamond. Okay. And if you were to connect the dots, it would look like a long diamond shape. So I feel like that's a stretch. I agree. Okay. So the like striking conjunction, if you will, was shaped as a a vertically elongated diamond, thus explaining when he said it's a long shape. Okay. So as to the UFO's other characteristics, characteristics like metallic, shiny, whatever, it could have just been the power of suggestion alone. Having connected the dots, Valentich would likely have gone into uh, fill the area as solid, even metallic, because your mind just starts to play tricks on you. It was it was dark, so. But are they really going to be that bright? Uh, that's my thing. Yeah. So, another theory is like the green light that he said might have been a part of the confusion. Remember, Valentich first described the UFO as only four bright white lights, and then as he's explaining it, now it's green and the metallic. It's just like developing the longer he's like experiencing it. Yeah. But that might have just been his own navigational light on the right wingtip. That that one's green. Or I mean, 150 the, hours is a lot. I mean, not in pilot hours, right. but you'd think he'd know what was his own light. True. Okay. And so they also think like could the the right wing tip light reflecting on his windshield create like a green glare, which technically he, it could. He wasn't that bright either. So, right. That's the yeah. thing. Is he's also obsessed with UFOs yeah. and wants to see yeah. one so, so bad. So a witness that was actually on the ground described as having seen a green light just above Valentich's plane had not mentioned that any time before. However, many years later, after the green light story was made public, he did mention the detail, but he is only identified as a, a suit by a pseudonym. Which would be fake name? I think so. Okay. Nonetheless, sure. <laughs> right. he said <clears throat> that the color was similar to the navigation lights on an airplane. If the Cessna was indeed close enough to land to be seen by this man, there's a simple explanation that the airplane's altitude was such that the right wingtip was up. So if this man was seeing it, that means the plane was like in a hard bank. Okay. But there are problems with the witness's description. As the interviews acknowledge, his recollection of the angular size of the plane, lights were too large for that plane, if you will. So like, of course, like sightings like this, they never add up. Like, right. you know, my and, first thought was when it, he said it looked like landing lights is he was upside down. Yeah. <laughs> but if he's hard banking, you never yeah. know. So, but what about the movements? How are you saying it was hovering? Yeah. So now since we maybe have identified the UFO, it could be stars, celestial lights, you know, it's not the UFO moving in rotation, but the opposite, the plane might have been moving mm. in relation to the lights. And there's actually evidence from the transcript that matches this. So after the UFO was repeatedly seemed to fly over him, Valentich says, what I'm doing right now is orbiting and the thing is orbiting on top of me. So this points out something that's actually sort of common. So again, he's an experienced inexperienced pilot. Distracted by the UFO, he might have been deceived by illusions of like tilting. Yeah. 
And that can happen. It happens quite often to pilots after the sun's gone down and they've lost the horizon. You just lose your sense of like balance. Where you're at. The imbalance of lighting can cause the horizon to appear tilted so that in compensating and leveling, he's actually not. He's going tilting and nose down. So he literally is orbiting. Okay. So when he did say orbiting. And when he sees these lights, in his mind, he's flying straight. Okay. And so he sees these lights, but the thing was, the plane was spiraling. Right, 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 right. And at the most critical time, when he should have been completely alert, paying attention to his instruments, he was locked on it's all he to said UFO. Yeah. And what's crazy is that this orientation is exactly what happened to John F. Kennedy Jr. <gasps> How he crashed his plane. It was at night. I never knew that. Over water. More or less vertigo, but not like vertigo when you can see the horizon and you like know that you're spinning. Like yeah. you just don't even realize it. You're not looking at your instruments. And next thing you know, the ground is right there. Terrifying. And it's known like in the aviation world as a graveyard spiral Ooh. because you don't even realize it's happening until it's far too late. So then what's even crazier is that more explanation, how he comments on the rough idling of his engine just before final contact, the plane's movement in a tight spiral downwards would increase increase the G-forces with a consequent decrease in fuel flow. So in a plane like that, literally the fuel's fed to the engine like off of gravity. It just like, yeah, no, you know, it it's not like something's sense. forcing it in there. So with the G's pulling it back, fuel wasn't getting to the engine like and it should. And he wouldn't feel this? No. Really? Yeah, it's literally like a, a well-known thing. Huh. That especially at night when you have, I mean, it's like, no clue. Yeah. You, yeah. You have blinders on. And when your brain's telling you you're going straight, like, and over water because there's nothing exactly. on the ground. Yeah. That's terrifying. Yes. <laughs> so, like you said, the plane could have almost been in, inverted, producing the same effect, but the plane, you know, like I said about the, the gravity fed fuel. Yeah. So not surprisingly, Valentich's airplane goes missing while he's radioing a UFO report. Prompted a ton of like... I'm sure. Of just a flood of extraterrestrial abduction, you name it. So it also spawned later reports of other UFOs allegedly seen the same night. So these provoked a skeptic. His name was Ken Williams, spokesperson of the Department of Transport. And he told a reporter, it's funny that all these people ringing up with UFO reports happen after Valentich's mass hysteria. Yep, disappearance. So just a month after the disappearance, the pilot of another Cessna cited the outline of what he thought was a submerged air pa- or aircraft, but on another pass over, he was able to confirm that the observation, um, he was unable, sorry, to confirm the observation. So they did find some remnants of aircraft wreckage with okay. partial matching serial numbers. That were found in the Bass Strait where he was flying over five years after the disappearance. Oh, wow. But they're like partial matching, not... Not 100%. Not 100%. But still, the odds... Yes. They're like VIN numbers, I'm sure. They're like huge. Right. So... But I guess they they did just like say, this is it. Like, this is from okay. me. So... But why five years later? Was he in space those five years? I don't years? know. Exactly. So... With Valentich UFO technically identified, that is that they can show a group of four bright lights consistent with his description was within the site as he was reporting it. So random missing piece that awaited solving um, the case, but it required expertise from astronomy as well as aeronautics, which yeah. I found like kind of intriguing. The The thing that got me the most was how it just kind of like matched this like young pilot into like ufos and still technically it's only conspiracy like they never found him nobody knows or any other thing besides like a small piece of wreckage but all they have is this this air traffic control like transcript of what he was saying um now has anybody talked to the air contract air words are hard air traffic control dude did he like believe what this guy was seen? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. But it seems that like more or less they've closed the case as just like a quote unquote graveyard spiral. Yeah. 
and that which makes because he was it absolutely makes no sense but because he was so locked on to that um what you would call it the lights lights, or ufo or whatever it is it caused him which is very plausible because and it, it would almost be a different story if he wasn't so into looking for right otherworldly beings and if he had flown out strictly to go hunting ufos which it almost sounds like he did and i mean think about when we're investigating places that are super super dark uh-huh. and your eyes just start like messing with always. you more times than not there's probably nothing happening but your eyes are just like wanting to create it's things. trying to adjust and you're there looking for this yes. so, so yeah it's that's crazy. It is. And I never heard of it because I guess they just swept it under the whole UFO rug because they, they think they was crazy. figured out what it was. Yeah. Well, yeah. One, he was crazy. Two, not bright. Yeah. So it's like. It's like Billy Joe, Jim Bob just taking a, a flight out there looking for the aliens and abducted his mama. Unreal. So that was not meant with any malintent. The accent, <laughs> uh, I swear. It's the only accent I know. That was great, though. I understand your excitement. Yeah. And I'd never heard of it either, Mm-mm. which is insane. Probably completely it. mispronounced his last name. It's fine. Eh, well, foreign people, it's fine. He's, he doesn't know. He's obviously on a planet somewhere in the distance. I'm just making shit up. So, But yeah, that was great. I love otherworldly stories. And I love when you get so excited about airplanes. It's <laughs> right. like you're it four years old. <laughs> I have a story that's an urban legend. Ooh. Yeah. Like I said, I did a call out recently um, for urban legends to be emailed to us at oddityfilescrew at gmail. And this may or may not be why. So I wonder where I heard of this legend of the Bunny Man Bridge. It's the, the urban legend is called the Bunny Man. Yep. You guessed it. The one and only rugged Velvet piped, sexy as hell. Call me Daddy Don Wildman from my favorite show and yours, Mysteries at the Museum. Don, with his witty puns and the overusage of the the word ruse, tells us all about this urban legend and the story goes a little something like this. The Bunny Man is a former patient of an insane asylum who was committed for killing either his for committed for killing either his parents or killing his wife and child. It depends on what story you hear. As the town of Clifton, Virginia grew, the residents were unhappy that they were going to close the state insane asylum. So they passed a measure to shut the asylum down as the patients were being moved to the newly built Lorton prison. One convict escaped Douglas Griffin. Griffin had been been committed after he brutally killed his parents with an axe on Easter morning when he was 12. The local police searched the woods for two months, but all they found were several half-eaten and mutilated rabbit corpses. What? After his escape, he made himself a giant rabbit suit. (laughs) Of course. Of course. Which he constantly wears. He lives in the woods around... Colchester Overpass near Clifton, Virginia, known as the Bunny Man Bridge, wonder why, and is known to eat and dismember rabbits. I mean, a murderous fella who likes to dress up in a fuzzy bunny suit. He's got to eat, right? (laughs) Um, He likes his privacy and will scare away or kill any trespassers with an axe. Terrifying. With an axe? An axe. In a bunny suit. In a bunny suit. While some legends claim the bunny man is a living person, others say he is the spirit of this lunatic that has haunted the bridge since 1904. Yeah. All over the place with this. On Halloween, um, some random date that no website can clearly pin down for me, (laughs) three local teenagers disappeared. That night, bloodhounds looking for the kids led officers to a small bridge with a rail line at the top. A railroad line. I told you I should have proofread this at the top and a road running under that bridge. Hanging from the bridge were the missing teens. Dun, dun, 
dum-dum, screech, cricket, cricket, disemboweled like the rabbits in the woods. The teens had been walking to a friend's house and apparently found Griffin hiding under this bridge. Griffin himself stood at the top of the bridge, waving an axe and wearing a makeshift bunny mask out of rabbit fur. So the his attire varies. Um, as he maniacally laughed, <laughs> he was plummeted by an oncoming train. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Trains in, don't sneak up on you. No, there's whistles and lights. I'm just saying. In writing about the tragedy, all the papers wrote about the bunny man of Clifton. But wait, there's more. Several months later was Halloween. A couple of teens were driving with their girlfriends looking to scare them. They decided to go out to the old railroad bridge where the bunny man was killed. It was almost almost midnight. The boys stopped under the bridge because why not and dragged the poor scared girls out of the car, teasing them that the ghost of the bunny man would get them. The teasing became too much for one of the girls who pushed the boys away, you go girl, and ran out from under the bridge into the road. At that moment, at the exact stroke of midnight, because urban legends, she saw a bright flash of light under the bridge. When the light faded, she saw her friend's bodies mutilated and hanging from the bridge. And their car had a bloody axe stuck into the windshield. Ever since that night, local kids gather every Halloween at Bunnyman Bridge, but they all scatter before midnight as none want to be caught under the bridge when the Bunnyman comes. <laughs> okay, so for years afterwards, around Halloween, bodies of both rabbits and humans were allegedly, I forgot to put a lot of allegedly, allegedly. in this, but we're still on the urban legend. Yep. Um, found hanging from the overpass and in the trees surrounding the area. Some people even claim to see a figure walking through the one-lane bridge tunnel under the overpass. Other variations say that if you walk down the tunnel at midnight, the bunny man will grab you and hang you from the entrance. I mean, that's a creepy story. Yeah. Right? I'm not sure what I'm most creeped out by, if it's the fact that this guy was wandering around as a furry in a bunny suit. Let's hope not. (laughs) Um, that I'm almost positive has never been dry cleaned (laughs) or the actual murder part. Uh They're both slightly terrifying. So apparently this legend hit its peak in the 1970s because, I mean, why not? As if kids from the 70s didn't have enough Halloween horror legends to worry about. They would scare us with, you'll get LSD in your trick-or-treat bag. Don't lick the stickers. Or you'll get razor blades in your favorite candy bar. And that sweet old lady who everyone thinks is a witch will poison your candy. You know, (laughs) it was rough. I know you weren't alive yet, but 70s were rough as a trick-or-treater. Um, oh, yeah, and the angry dentist who lives up the block will put laxatives in your candy, so oh, you, you well, don't want sugar yeah, anymore. At least it doesn't all, kill you. All the urban legends of 70s trick-or-treaters. I mean, no wonder 70s babies are all a little fucked up, myself included, and have turned into overprotective parents who are afraid to let their children out of their sight for more than a minute <laughs> and a half. Yes. Another story floating around the interwebs claims a young man from Clifton, Virginia, who stumbled upon the bridge during his travels and then later killed his family and hung them from the bridge before killing himself, similar to the origin story of the teenager in the bunny costume. So is there any truth to this axe-wielding, wascally wabbit? What really happened to that cursed legend of the bunny man to grow... What... (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) What really happened that caused the legend of the bunny man... To grow out, grow so outlandishly. This was supposed to be way more dramatic. Well, was it that was the worst Don Wildman impersonation ever? So, <laughs> late evening on October 18th, 1970. Now we're into truth ish. Okay. At least the interwebs said it's truth. Then it's true. Uh, of course. Late evening on October 18th, 1970, Air Force Cadet Robert Full Circle. Air Force planes. Air Force. Just saying. Um, Robert Bennett and his fiance were driving near Clochester. I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. C-L-O-C-H-E-S-T-E-R. Bridge. And they had to slam on their brakes when they came across a man in what looked like a full body gray suit. 
quote, something that looked like bunny ears, unquote, on his head and a small hatchet in his hand. The man yelled at the couple that they were trespassing on his land before he threw a hatchet through their windshield and ran into the woods. What? This is this is actually right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, though neither Bennett or his fiance were hurt, sometime later after they had driven away, they discovered the hatchet the man used on the floor of their car. So they actually there is yes. proof this hatchet is out there. Robert Bennett later told the police that the man had on a white suit with bunny ears, but his fiance stated the man was wearing either a white caparout, a conical pointed hat, aka like Ku Klux Klan sure. style, or something re- resembling the hoods worn by the Ku Klux Klan members. Both equally terrifying. Absolutely. One million percent. The second event took place. On October 29th, 1970. So you see the Halloween tie-in. Absolutely. Um, Paul Phillips, a construction security guard, approached a man who was standing on the porch of an unfinished house near this bridge. Phillips later described the man as wearing a gray, comma, black and white bunny costume. After being confronted by Phillips, the man began to chop at a porch post with an axe and complained about trespassing. So there was somebody yeah, crazy yeah, yeah. out there. He obviously didn't kill anybody. That's on record, allegedly. I don't even know the guy. In the weeks after the reports were publicly made, more than 50 people contacted the police, as they do, um, to report sightings of the bunny man, and as he had been named by the media. One of these reports even involved the sighting of the bunny man eating a man's runaway cat. Oh, no. Poor kitty. The Fairfax County Police did take these reports seriously and conducted a thorough investigation into both incidents. Unfortunately, there was a lack of evidence, and the mysterious man in the bunny costume was never found. Both cases were eventually closed. So no one's really sure how the legend evolved so drastically, but it's possibly linked to the unsolved murder of a girl in 1918. You know me. True crime always has to. If I can. 14-year-old Eva Ray was beaten to death and hanged near Clochester Bridge. And the prime suspect, who was later proven innocent, was an escaped mental patient from the nearby Lorton prison. And this is true. This is true. Okay. There are accounts. Yeah, yeah. There's she's buried. Yep. This is all true. Surprisingly, finding a whole lot more information about the murder of poor Eva Ray is harder than I had anticipated. But here's a little blurb I found on fairfaxunderground.com. On the morning of August 4th, 1918, Eva Ray, age 14, left her home near Burke at around 9 a.m. to tend her father's small herd of cows. When Eva failed to return home that evening, her father began a search. Neighbors were soon enlisted to help, but it was some 24 hours later that her body was found and tied to a tree in the woods. Yes. Near the old Hans house. Her apron strings tight about her throat. (gasps) Mm, Poor baby. The county coroner, Dr. W.I. Roby, concluded that the girl had been brutally assaulted before being strangled to death. And this thing goes first Full circle, folks. Are you ready for this? Eva now haunts the cemetery. Whoa. Yep. The cemetery that she was buried in and her father was buried next to her some 14 years later. One account says, one night during a crazy windstorm around 2 a.m., I was trying to go down to Lee Chapel, going trying to go down Lee Chapel Road, but found the road blocked by trees. The lights were dark and at the 123 intersection. I don't know if that's a real number or not. Seems really weird. I was using a crappy flashlight that was in my car to look under my car as a stick had been lodged underneath because, you know, the road was covered and stuff. Suddenly, a girl appeared at the edge of the woods wearing a flowing nightgown. As I tried to get a better look at her, she screamed, I'm Eva, and vanished before my eyes. Whoa. Another person said... Rumor has it, if you go back to that location, and you can actually summon Eva by doing this. Turn your back to the woods. Number two, close your eyes. Number three, shout out Eva three times. 
Seems sketchy. Candyman, Candyman, Candyman. Not fast, but with a little pause in between. The ghost will either appear or you'll hear her whisper. Other people have said that it appears that the that the ghost is trying to get the attention, get your attention in an effort to get help. Hmm. Yeah. So there you have it. Two, two, two stories for the price of one, which so really was not my intention. I was just going to talk about the bunny. Yeah. <laughs> but there you have it, kids. The legend of bunny man bridge and the haunting of Eva Roy. That's awesome. One, yeah. like, so the Bunny Man absolutely sounds like one of those things that has been told a million oh, times. And Chinese there's, telephone. Yep. One tiny little aspect that's added every time it's told. Yes. But yeah, it's like entertaining at the same time. And then, you know, I mean, you've got these true facts yes. that have been thrown Sprinkled in. Sprinkled all throughout. And it turns into this creepy fucking story. So yeah, I love it. So you guys have been listening to a couple episodes going on here and there, and um, we love listener stories. We love them so much. And uh, so we're going to go ahead and read one to you right now from Jess. And this one really piqued my interest because the title of the email is The Demon Made Me Write You. Ooh. What? Are you kidding me? It says, hey, Clayton and Kitsy, let's get right into it. Last night I was listening to your pod and I was thinking about writing into you guys and tell you about my ghostly experience in my life, but I got tired and lazy and didn't. Been there, done that. I went to bed at th- and at 3.33 a.m., what? My favorite number, I woke up because your podcast started loudly playing on my <gasps> phone. My podcast up was my podcast app wasn't on when I went to sleep, and I have no idea how this happened. I can't remember which episode it was, but I listened for a bit, and it mentioned my birth year, nineteen eighty eight, and I was talking about, and it was talking about demons. So I took this as a sign that I needed to write you guys. So here it goes. Oh my gosh, that's insane. Um, when I was a teenager, my home, an apartment in Los Angeles suburb was haunted AF, which for you kids means as fuck. I hated it. Just thinking about it, that dark heaviness weighs down in my chest and I feel absolutely queasy. We've lived in that, we had lived in that apartment since I was in second grade and nothing consistent in otherworldly happenings occurred until we picked up this demon. At this time, I had two friends from two separate families who had been dealing with a dark entity in their home. Why can't I read this right? I'm going blind. Um, one of them even had an exorcism of some sort, probably what we should have done. But at the time, my mom, who was a single parent and dealing with her father dying of cancer, just didn't want to deal with the fact that what she was experiencing wasn't normal. Right. Understandable. For my mom, it was like she was going crazy, and now she'll admit it, that it did feel this way. And in her opinion, there was a dark entity in the home. She would consistently wake up in the middle of the night in a full-blown panic. We shared a room, so I was always startled when this would happen, and she would completely, she would be completely sure that different horrible things had happened to her parents. She was delusional, thinking that the phone was ringing and answering it, thinking that she was getting bad news or running downstairs to open the door, thinking someone was there to tell her they had died. Oh my God, that sounds terrible. Intense, yeah. I literally had to tell her she was imagining it all before reality would sink in. The activity in the house started off like every other horror movie does. The cupboards being opened constantly. Every morning, all the cupboards were left wide open in the kitchen and bathroom downstairs. My mom always blamed me, but it was never me. In fact, I could hear them opening and closing all night long, but was too afraid to do anything about it. Understandable. That's so scary. Loud page turn. I never wanted to be alone in the house during this time, so I wasn't about to wander around at night. Good idea. I was constantly seeing shadow people in the corner of my eye. When I was at home alone, it was so much worse. They liked hanging out on the stairs. 
which is terrifying because if you want to get away from it, you can't go upstairs or downstairs. Um, They would constantly be staring at me from the stairway. I felt like I was constantly being watched. But the only reason I stayed home alone instead of going to my grandparents' place with my brother or was going to my friend's house down the street was because I was really afraid for my cat. Oh, oh my gosh. God, that's so amazing. You're such a you were such a strong little girl. As the activity progressed, the upstairs became uninhabitable. Is that right? Uh-huh. I only went up there to sleep. My cat didn't go upstairs That's alone the scariest either. part. I know. The cat stuck to her side. There was a thickness in the upstairs that was just horrible, like trying to breathe in in a pillowcase pressed to your face. Oh my God, I just got anxiety thinking about that. I literally felt like a prisoner in my own home. Whoa. Holy shit. This is intense. Very intense. I would sit on the couch with all the downstairs lights on and all the windows open, just clinging to my cat. Several times a day when I was alone with my cat, I would run with her outside and sit. She was an indoor only cat, so taking her out was always a risk, but I couldn't just leave her inside with whatever was lurking in there. Unfortunately, though, the front door was in front of the stairs, so being scared of being attacked by these shadow people, I started leaving the front door unlocked and sometimes wide open for a faster escape. No burglar could scare me the way the consuming darkness did. Oh, honey. The shadow people were menacing and exuded evil. Their presence was something I always felt. I constantly heard them stomping up and down the stairs and all around the upstairs when no one else was home. This is giving me anxiety just reading this. They wanted me to acknowledge them. They wanted me to feel afraid. One night, I was lying in bed. I felt something jump onto my bed. Obviously, it was the cat or coming to snuggle up for the night. I sat up to greet her. It wasn't my cat. I then felt giant claws sink in. Yes. Sink into both sides of my bed as something much larger than a cat began to crawl over top of me. (sighs) It soon became visible, a dark shadow being. It pressed me down to the bed, hard. I was no longer sitting up. I could feel its darkness gnawing at me as if I... Guys, this is scary. This is a lot. A lot. Um, As I fought as hard as I could not be strangled alive by this thing, I was praying harder than I ever have and ever will again. It wasn't just death I was afraid of, but literally felt like this thing wanted to take me to hell with it. Perhaps the fight only lasted a few minutes, but honestly, it felt like 20 or 30 minutes. There's no way to be sure. When it finally got off me, I could see it dissipate into the shadows, and I was gasping for breath. You poor thing. I immediately ran to my mom's bed, climbed in, and was crying like I've never cried before. I was practically screaming, running around the room, turning on all the lights, and begging my mom that we need to leave the house right away. It didn't matter where as long as we left. I was hysterical and inconsolable. There was no way that during that event I was asleep. We had just turned on the light. We had just turned the lights out, and it takes me hours to fall asleep. It was not sleep paralysis or delusion of my mind. No experience has been so real and so visceral to me as this one. My mom, of course, was not about to leave the apartment in the middle of the night, but she did stay up with me for hours praying in the bathroom. What? And eventually went to sleep, but I stayed in that bathroom all night with the cat. We did eventually move from the apartment, and when we did, my cat had signs of PTSD. She would get into these funks where she would wail and scream and cry, running away from nothing that we could see. Oh, you were her emotional support human. It was horrible to watch her have these episodes. As for me, this entity constantly returns to me in nightmares. Understandably so. Absolutely. And thank God it's just nightmares. I always know when it's him. He forever haunts me, and I have been scared of the dark ever since the night he attacked me. Of course you are. All my life, I've always had experiences with the paranormal. Some have been really good and positive experiences. Others have been scary, but nothing will ever compare to this period in my life, which I literally lived amongst the creatures of hell. 
No shit. Anyways, I couldn't possibly leave you with that. So here's a short one for fun. I love Jess. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, that was a little heavy to end yes. on. This past Christmas, my boyfriend took me to spend the night on the Queen Mary, which goals. Um, we were sitting by this little bar in chairs right next to the old piano as we watched a lady dressed as Mrs. Claus read a Christmas stories to children. As we were sitting there enjoying the holiday ambiance, I began to hear the piano play. I turned to my boyfriend and said, do you hear that? And he said, the piano, as it begins to register to him that one, no one was at the piano, and two, no one would be playing it in the middle of a book reading. It kept playing. My boyfriend is is a my boyfriend is a hard as they come skeptic, and and said trying to convince himself it's rigged. <laughs> they make it to that. <laughs> I had been so hopeful that that moment would change him, or at least make him think I'm less crazy. Girl, I live your life when I say I'm experiencing something. But nope, I guess whatever helps him sleep at night, LOL. Thanks for reading this, Jess. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, thank you so much, Jess. Jess, um, wow, I feel like, I wish there were like paranormal therapists. No kidding. I mean, in all seriousness. No, I'm being yeah. one million percent serious when I say that. Are there? And I'm sure. There has to be. I mean, I understand therapy and all that is, you know, science and this, that, and the other, but there has right. to be some out there that has believe be. yeah. in, yeah. I feel like, I mean, I don't, not like you need help, but I just no, no, feel no. like you need to, you need closure on that, girl. Yes, without Because that's terrifying. Yeah. And just how vividly she remembers every second of it as well. Just, that was amazing. And... Thank you for sharing that with us. Maybe that'll help. Maybe getting getting it off your chest and telling people that believe you and understand you and are weirdos like we are. Yeah. Maybe hopefully that'll help. That's true. I I think we're running over. I had all the stories before we started. No fires have started during this podcast. Yeah, no more fires. Yes. Yeah, so you a also holy put water. water on it. Well, <laughs> wasn't holy water, but yeah, we had to douse that shit. Right. <laughs> and we appreciate you guys, the listeners. Again, we say it every week, but you're why we do this, and it, it just makes it a lot of fun and just digging and and now that you guys are like suggesting stories that we don't know about because there is so much, so there's much. so much out there. They're all the famous stories that we think people know about, but there are also so many just obscure ones that take more research and yeah, it's yeah, it's a lot of fun. So without you guys. We wouldn't be doing this at the caliber that we do, that we are doing it. So thank no, you so so much, and thank you for sharing. And just word of mouth has been huge. You guys, I, I'm kind of while I hate numbers, I watch listens on the podcast. I'm yeah. obsessed with stats and that kind of thing. And holy shit, you guys are amazing. There's so many people listening. We're so happy that you guys are enjoying what we're doing and that we're not just sitting here talking to ourselves, which we would have done anyway. But we appreciate you guys, and I cannot stress that enough. There was something else I was going to say. Oh, just real quick. Go ahead. We did not say literally, except for once in this episode, and I'm going to tell you real quick why. Marjorie, biggest advocate, biggest fan of the show, tells everybody to listen. She said we need to start a drinking game on taking a shot every time you or I say the word literally really? during the podcast. <laughs> so I didn't even try not to say it, but we didn't. So oh, yeah, look at us. Look at us go. But weird is the new cool. You are the weakest link. Ghost on.